I forgot to mention in our prayer request that um, Sally has been in hospital too for this week. So let's be in. She's just undergoing some tests. And so keep her in mind as well. Colin, we'll be in touch with her this week. Okay. But send her our love. Okay. All right. Well, friends, what we just sang, I know that perhaps to all of us here in Southern Africa, maybe for some of you you've been blessed, you've just been growing up with that information, with this knowledge, with this God, with this Jesus, with this heaven and, and grace and salvation. It's become, it's normal. But friends, it's not normal. It's unique. It is unique. And what we've just been singing about is really what we're going to lock into over these next few evenings during Holy Week. So I want to kick off with, actually, from our Sunday school lesson last week, which was Zacchaeus. Wasn't that right, Jess? It was Zacchaeus. Do you remember? Okay, good. Okay. Greta did Zacchaeus with the children last week. And uh, I thank God for that, because when it comes to Easter, I'm like, okay, what? What to say? What to say? You know, I've been here for 13 years. How much more must I say? <laughs> How can I be more creative? Um, it's the it's same old story, you know. I've got to say it in a new way. But uh, I, I believe Zacchaeus, I just want to give credit to the story of Zacchaeus because in Luke 19, there is a statement that Jesus makes and it's perfect for Palm Sunday. Just perfect even the structure of the sermon was given. It was like, thank you, Lord. It's all there. I just have to say what it is. Okay. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And it's Jesus talking. And he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's it. That, that's Easter summarized. Is it not? The, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So, thank you, Lord. And that's our text this morning. And that's how we're going to break it up today. And to see again, see again, we will never get over it, everybody. The cup will not get old. The bread will not get old. That cross will not get old. It's not old news. It's good news. Amen? I mean, every morning, isn't it refreshing? Every night before you go to sleep, isn't it refreshing? Doesn't it do something to the heart and to the mind and to the soul? It just does something. What is it doing? That's what we're going to examine this morning. What exactly is bringing this difference to our hearts every day? Every day. Well, who exactly is bringing this difference to our hearts every day? Well, this is what's making the difference, praise be to God, and it is this, the Son of Man came. Now the world knows about Jesus. Hardly anyone doesn't know about Jesus. Alright? And perhaps there are a lot of theories why He came. Jesus came and, oh, He was a good teacher, or He was a good philosopher, or He was a miracle worker, He was a healer, you know, He was a great model, He was a, a good man. You know, all those sort of theories are out there. But let's look again at the reason why He came. Christians, you and I know why He came. And this is what we are to preach and to teach and to share with our children. 
with the nations. What is it exactly? The Son of Man came. The Son of Man came. That's why Jesus came. The Son of Man came. Jesus has come to the earth. The Almighty has entered the world. The infinite became finite. The eternal invaded time. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay? And so the, the theologians call it the incarnation. The Bible calls it Emmanuel. The Son of Man came. Now, when you and I were birthed, you know, we had no choice. Mine was the choice of Alan and Kathy Haylock. In Pretoria somewhere, on Waterkloof Air Base. There I am. For 15 rand, I was born. So my dad tells me. Alright? When the Son of Man came, it's different. It was planned. It was precise. It was His choice. You and I had no choice in our birth. He had a choice. The Son of Man came. As Galatians 4 verse 4 says, When the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son. This Every detail had been planned out. As someone said, He came from the light into the darkness. He came from splendor into squalor. He came from purity into a world of sin. But He still came. He is the Son of Man because He first was the Son of God. So this Son of Man that came, was it an angel? Was it an extraterrestrial being? <laughs> it was the Son of Man. Son of man that came. God himself. John 1 verse 14. And the word, Christ, became flesh, human, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh amongst us. C.S. Lewis says it like this. The central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation. Everything orbits around this. The Son of Man came. Right? The central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation. They say that God became man. Do we say that? No. Yes, we say that. Do we preach that? No. Are we ashamed of that? No. This is our message. This is our motto. God became man. It's a unique message. And praise God if it's normal for you. Praise God if it's become common, if, it's, if you become used to it. But friends, it is a unique message. It is a message above all other messages. It is a truth. And if you know this truth, you are blessed. If you believe this truth, you are double blessed. If you have it, you have God Himself. They say that God became man. Every other miracle prepares the way for this. Every other miracle from Genesis... To Matthew prepares the way for this miracle. And every miracle post Matthew points back to this miracle, the incarnation. Again, this Easter, friends, we want to inflate and open up and unearth again the miracle of this incarnation. Okay? Now that sounds more like Christmas than Easter. But we'll get to the Easter now. The Son of Man came, and that's the basis for everything. Right. 
We can get so caught up in, you know, how did Jesus make water into wine? How did Jesus walk on the water? That's peripheral. Jesus, God, became man. And that puts us that above every other religion, Jews and Muslims deny that. That God did not become man. Yes, He did. God became man. All right. So, thank you, Jesus. That's point one. The Son of Man came. Why did He come? He says there, to seek and to save the lost. That's why I've come. It's a significant mission. He's looking for something or he's looking for someone. He's looking for something like the person that lost the coin. Like the, the man that lost the sheep. Like the father looking for his prodigal son. He came seeking someone and someone specific, the sinner. He came as a seeking savior. But specifically what? What was lost. He came seeking the lost. Now you won't find a better word to describe the condition of man. Will you find? I'll just quickly check. It's a great word. Lost. Now we were unpacking that in Ephesians. The gravity of it, the weight of it, the scope and the scale of this lostness. You can go on our YouTube channel and check Ephesians chapter 2. You'll see there we spent 35 minutes looking at the lostness of ourselves. Right? So lost is a great, great word. It captures everything that man is. Okay, click again now. Man is lost. Man is lost. That is a unique message. It's, it's become common. We're getting used to it. You know, we walk in this. We sort of, But friends, it is a unique message. Good luck telling people they're lost. Good luck telling people you're broken. They're confused. They're dead. But here's the words of Jesus this Easter. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I mean... You read this book. It doesn't go well with man. <laughs> men are lost. Amen. Moses, Abraham, Noah, Jonah, David, Solomon, Samuel. Lost. Peter, Paul, Zacchaeus. Lost. Okay. You pick up the Sunday Times today. What will you read? Lost. <laughs> lost. No matter the facet or the category, lost is right. We're lost. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We are all like that. We have all strayed like sheep. Each one of us has turned and gone its own way. If Christ did not come, we would still be running. We would still be running. And we would never come to Him. He came to seek and save the lost. That's a unique truth. We were lost and then Jesus found us. So yeah, it's okay to say, you know, seek the Lord, find the Lord. But we understand 
that if you are seeking after God and finding the Lord, it's because He first found you. First found you. That's what it means to be truly lost and without God. And friends, if you don't have this one, if you don't have this one, Jesus Christ, if you turn from this one, if you ignore this one, you are lost. It's a great, powerful truth, but it is also a great, damning truth. If you have Him, you have God. If you don't have Him, you have nothing. Nothing. It is hopeless, lost. He came to seek and save the lost. He, the great teacher, he, the one with wisdom, he, the healer, he, the miracle worker, he, the Savior, came to seek and save the lost. This is our introduction into this Holy Week. This is the motto. This is our praise. This is our means of doing life. This is our means for mission. And it captures everything about us, even in our gathering. It's common, it's, it's known, it's, it's maybe, you know, just something we're used to. But friends, see again exactly in who we are. See again exactly who we are about. See again exactly who we are to be moving towards and reaching out to. This is our message, everybody. The Son of Man came. To seek and save the lost. And there are three implications for us. Number one, if He came, we are responsible. We are double responsible, right? I mean, isn't it logical that the penalty for, for someone doing something wrong, if they knew, right, is more severe than them doing something wrong and they didn't know. The penalty will, will, will differ. But our responsibility is amplified. Because you know it. Everyone is without excuse. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You know. As Luke 12, 48 says, To whom much is given, much will be required. If Jesus never came to this earth, what would the result be? The result would be forever lost and forever in hell, forever in our guilty conscience. If God did nothing, the whole human race would perish because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that is not the situation. Jesus has come to earth and made God plain to us. He left heaven to make His home among us, to reveal God to us, to show us the true nature of God. In Him we see God's love. In Him we see God's mercy. We see God's kindness. We see God's justice. We see God's holiness. He came full of grace and truth. And what did we do? We heard His words. We saw His miracles. We listened to His voice. We considered all that He had to offer and we killed Him. We condemned Him. 
We've heard the story over and over and over. And what will happen if we refuse this one? If we refuse this one, we are lost forever. If we neglect this one, knowing the truth, we will be condemned forever. It is a frightening fact. It is grace, it is goodness, it is power, it is truth. But it is hell without Him. And it is pain without Him. It is forever loss without Him. So our responsibility is increased. Knowing full what God has revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Now you know. If we neglect Jesus after we know the truth, we will be condemned to hell forever. It is a frightening fact. This gospel that saves also condemns. And friends, families, visitors, God would have every single heart here this morning saved. God would have you know. I have revealed myself. God can be known. God can be seen. His plan can be diagnosed. It's clear for everyone. But like the sun, like the sun, if anything under the sun is not attached to something living, hmm? if grass is not rooted and growing, if a branch is not connected to a tree, before the sun it melts and it will die. But connected to life, Connected to its purpose, it lives under the sun. So the sun is a grace, but it is also a threat. And the same, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. It is a grace. It is a love. But it is also an indictment. It is also a line in the sand. It is also a choice you and I must make. A priority to take. And maybe this Easter, that's the line you're going to step over. This Easter, what you know, you're going to believe now. What you're aware of, you're going to take with all your heart. What you're curious in, you're going to give your heart to. And you're going to take this one. This man who came to seek and save the lost. The second application that if Christ did come, then we are without excuse. Our responsibility is amped, but we are without excuse. How can we explain rejecting what God has done? If God has gone full out, God has given us everything. What's John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. But then it goes on. Hmm? And it says, whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in Him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So we're without excuse. We are condemned already without Him. This is what we need. We need this salvation. We, we need this forgiveness we need this Jesus, and only Jesus can provide what we need. This Easter, there is no sin that God's grace can't cover. 
Amen? Amen. This Easter, there is no excuse for you to leave Jesus at this building and you go do your life apart from Him. Not this Easter. This Easter, it's with His grace and with His presence. No excuses. That old song that says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. What washes away my sin? The blood of Jesus. What makes me whole again? The blood of Jesus. No excuse. Increased responsibility, no excuse. And then lastly, if Christ came to save the lost, then everyone can be saved. Even the worst. Even the worst. This week was a terrible week for our family. Because you think you, you, think you know someone. You think you know someone and you trust someone. And then sin happens. And this particular person, in this particular case, the sin was so serious, it had to be reported to the authorities. Now we all live in community, and we have friends, and, you know, it's never an isolated thing. It wasn't isolated. It couldn't be taken. As soon as this is exposed, everyone knows. And the WhatsApps are going, and the phone calls are going, and now, now you're trying to manage the fallout from this person's sin and the gravity of it and the impact of it. Now you're working with affidavits with police and with other custodians of, of social welfare and whatnot. You know, if that's not already a headache, then you've got the children it affected. You know, it's just, there's a few layers of this whole, whole catastrophe. And you're dealing with it emotionally, you're dealing with it, you know, administratively, Legally, trying to avoid litigation. And at the same time, while you're pointing out this sin, because you legally must, you know, you're wrestling with yourself. Because you know, you're no different. You know? We have the same capacity. If I was in the same situation, with the same opportunities, and was given the same information... Would I have made the same choice? And I've got to be honest with you. Well, the Bible will tell us history is full of examples. If you were put in the same position, if you had the same choices, you probably would have also made the same dumb decision. There's not really a lot of history that would sway that option. And so you're wrestling with this all the time, this week. And that's what Easter is to do, it's to provoke us this week. There's a lot we could blame when we read the paper, even today. There's a lot to get angry about. And we must be the salt and the light, we must expose darkness. You must expose it. Amen? You must be the light. And we must set captives free. We must do all those things, but we do it in reverence. We do it in humility. And we do it with great grace. Because we understand that by the grace of God, there go I. 
By the grace of God, there go I. Things are rarely what they seem to be. You can hardly see what's going on in the inside just by looking at the outside. So thank you God for Luke 19 verse 10. Because it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. God can save the perpetrator. God can save me. And if He could save me, He could save anyone. Who has He saved? He has saved many people. Lost that page. The prostitute, the tax collector, the liar, the politician, the fisherman, the murderer, the zealot, and even the one on the cross next to him. God's grace can save anyone. That's what this verse tells us. So yes, there is an increased responsibility. You know. You know. Yes, there is no excuse now. What has been made known to us is plain for everyone. But also know that this statement, this Easter is a grace for everybody. Everybody, even the worst of sinners. Luke 19 verse 10 puts no limits on God's grace. Yes, life is a journey. Life is a process. We've been saying in Ephesians, life is a walk. But friends, the Bible also has plenty of testimonies of how instantly your life can change by the grace of God. That's how dramatic it is. That's how powerful it is. Your patterns can change. After this Easter, you are able to drop long-standing life patterns that have brought misery and negative spiritual economy to your life. That's the power of this gospel. Amen? That's our God. As one said, Jesus is a better Savior than you are a sinner. Jesus is a better Savior than you are a sinner. Luke 19 verse 10. This Easter, friends, Whatever your past, whatever your past, Luke 19 verse 10 tells you that it need not inhibit your future. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is the glory of our gospel that anyone at any time, at any place, in any circumstance can be saved by this one. Amen? Let us pray.